Well, 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 look who's back. It's you. And guess what? We're still in Romans. I hope you're excited as much as I am. We're finishing Romans 2 today, Lord willing. Today, we're, Paul is still, we're looking at where Paul is still condemning the Jews and their false assurance that they have. Last time, it was, it, was, it, was, it was their boasting about the law. Today, he hits harder and much closer to the heart. Circumcision. This is going to be graphic in the sense of what it is. But God the Holy Spirit led Paul to write about this. So we're going to exegete it. Today's text is Romans 2, 25-29. Let's read. For indeed, circumcision is of value if you practice the law. But if you are a transgressor of the law, your circumcision has become uncircumcision. So if the uncircumcised man keeps the requirements of the law, will not his uncircumcision be regarded? Excuse me, be regarded as circumcision. And he who is physically uncircumcised, if he keeps the law, will he not judge you who through having a letter of the law and circumcision our transgression of the law? For he is not a Jew who one who is outwardly, nor circumcision that which is outward in the flesh, but he is a Jew, one who is inwardly, and circumcision is that which from the is of the heart, by the spirit, not by the letter, and his praise is not from men. But from God. Again, we have much to to dig. We have much to look at. So let's dig in, shall we? So what is circumcision? Well, according to the Holman Bible Dictionary, it's the act of removing the foreskin of a male genital. In ancient Israel, this act was originally performed on the eighth day after birth upon children of native servants and aliens. Genesis 17, 12 to 14, Leviticus 12, 3. Circumcision was carried out by the following initially, utilizing a flint knife. You can cross-reference Joseph 5.3, or Joshua, sorry, my bad. Joseph, Joshua 5.3. Later, specialists were employed among the Jewish people. It's still an operation that's done today, you know, by most families. But I won't get into that. But here, Paul is making a distinction between true and false circumcision. Let's just do a brief history of circumcision. I won't cover all the places that talks about your circumcision, but just the highlights of it. So if you want to do your own study, I encourage you to do so. Leviticus 12.3 On the eighth day, the flesh of the first foreskin shall be circumcised. Circumcision was required by the law. So this will be a picture of what must happen to one's heart. It must be paired by the word of God. Heart set apart for God. Deuteronomy 10.16 So circumcise your heart and stiffen your neck no longer. Moses was, speak, Moses was speaking to a new generation after the first broke God's promise, but not going to the promised land. So Moses is telling them what, to, what he told their parents. Deuteronomy 36, Moreover, the Lord your God will circumcise your heart and the heart of your descendants to love the Lord your God with, with all your heart and all your soul so that you may live. This shows the sovereignty of God and the responsibility of man. Heart not circumcised, you're spiritually dead. Jeremiah 4.4, 4, Circumcise yourselves to the Lord and remove the foreskins of your heart. Men of Judah, inhabitants of Jerusalem, or else my wrath will go forth like a fire and burn with none to quench it because of the evil of your deeds. Remove sinful resistance to God. Remove unbelief. Not uncircumcised equals wrath. Only instrument sharp enough to cut is the Bible, the Word of God. Hebrews 4.12, For the Word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, and piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit, at both joints and marrow, and to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Jeremiah 9, 25. 
Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, that I will punish all who are circumcised and, and yet uncircumcised physically, not spiritually. Israel is circumcised physically, but not spiritually. They go through the ritual, but not the reality. You know, Ezekiel 44, 7, When you brought in foreigners, uncircumcised in the heart and flesh, to be in my sanctuary, to profound it, even in my house, when you offered my food of fat and the blood, for they made my covenant void. This is an addition to all your abominations. Talking about talking now about both heart and flesh. Verse 9, in order to come to the presence of God, must have heart cut and pierced. Also, this just isn't an Old Testament thing. It's a New Testament matter too. Acts 7.51 You men who are stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears are always resisting the Holy Spirit. You are doing just as your fathers did. Talking to unregenerate leaders. Galatians 6, 15. For neither is circumcision anything, or no form of circumcision, but a new creation. Only thing that matters if you are born again. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. If therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old things passed away. Behold, new things have come. Ephesians 2, 11. Therefore, remember that formerly you, the Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by the so-called circumcision, which is performed by the flesh by human hands, must be circumcised of the heart to enter heaven. Philippians 3.2 Beware of the dogs, beware of the evildoers, beware of the false circumcision. Talking about false teachers, unclean people. Verse 3, distinction between true and false believers. Colossians 2.11 And in him you were also circumcised with a circumcision made without hands, the removal of, of the body of, of flesh with the circumcision of Christ. Let's talk about the invisible hand of God. Acts 2.37 Now when they heard this, they were pierced to the heart, and they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brethren, what shall we do? God is after our hearts. If the heart is right, life will be right. If the heart is wrong, life will be wrong. We need to watch over our hearts. Proverbs 4.23 tells us, Watch over your heart with all diligence. From it flows the springs of life. Psalm 34, one of the most misquoted texts out there, Delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. What that means is, if you must give your heart to Christ, then He will shape it to what He wants, and, he, and what He wants is what we want. The Lord looks at the heart first, so our Samuel 16.7. It all begins with the heart. Romans 10.9-10 tells us, If you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart a person believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. Oh, Alright, after that brief introduction, let's look at Romans 2. Let's, let's turn back to Romans 2 and look at the text. I got three points, so that should satisfy my, my, should satisfy my Southern Baptist friends. <laughs> Point one, the circumcised. For indeed, circumcision is of value if you practice the law. But if you are a transgressor of the law, your circumcision has become uncircumcision. So, just like with the law, the Jews were taking advantage of being circumcised since this was strictly a Jewish custom. We saw in our brief Old Testament class, circumcision was required by God. It was a constant reminder of the covenant with God, as MacArthur puts, as MacArthur puts it. Paul in Galatians 5.3 notes circumcision, and I testify again to every man who receives circumcision that he is under obligation to the, keep the whole law. That is another thing about circumcision. It now shows you are going to be held by the high standard of God. So in a sense, it's almost like water baptism. But back to the text we have here. Paul is saying, just because you are circumcised, that will not get you into heaven. 
Because you have been circumcised and just relying on that means nothing to God. Why? Because you are a transgressor of the law. I love when Paul answers his own questions. And again, it's, notice that you, great preachers will do that. They get to the you to make his point clear. Paul is saying that because you kept breaking the law, you are just the, like the Gentiles or pagans who are not circumcised. That's a slap to the face to the Jews who think because they are uncircumcised, they are good. Paul kicks them off their hide horse of pride and humbles them quickly. Because they keep breaking the law and don't repent, they might as not been even circumcised. Christianity isn't just, Jesus loved me, so I can do what I want. It's because you love God, then you don't want to do this sin. It involves a life of obedience. Obedience, according to the Holman Bible Dictionary, to hear God's word and act accordingly. The word translated obey in the Old Testament means to hear, and is often so translated. In the New Testament, several words describe obedience. One word means to hear or to listen in a state of submission. Another New Testament often, word often translated obey means to trust. Not as, it, not as just following a set of rules when you get in. No, my friends, it's living these rules. For example, I remember when I was at Amaya's Bible College, I was working at Texas Roadhouse. It was the night before my best friend Titus got married. And me and a server named Jess were talking about marriage, which led to her talking about her life growing Catholic. She said she said that Catholicism is, you know, don't do this. I explained that Christianity is because you love this, you don't want to do this. For example, if you love God, you don't want to sin. If you love your spouse, then you don't want to cheat on them. If you love your neighbor, then you don't want to murder them, murder them. Although you want to, especially when they cut you off in traffic. Christianity isn't for the weak. Well, it is. But what I mean is that from the moment you're called into the light, you have a standard to live by. You have someone watching you all the time, and he's in, in you fighting your flesh. You must be sanctipi sanctified, set apart from this world daily. It must share the gospel with your neighbor, spouse, co-worker, and so on. Don't do it for your own glory, but for God's glory, Romans 1.5. But, thankfully, we can never do all that because we're still sinners. Someone has to do it for us, and his name is Jesus Christ. We still have jobs to do by getting the gospel out there and loving God and hating sin. But don't rely on because you have experience at church camp or wherever you are. Test the spirits, as John says in 1 John 4.1. Be sanctified daily by getting into the word, praying, loving people, and so on. Do not be like the Jews. Point two, the uncircumcised. So if, if the uncircumcised man keeps the requirements of the law, will not his uncircumcision be regarded as circumcision? And he was physically uncircumcised. If he keeps the law, will he not judge you through having the letter of the law and circumcision as our, our transgressor of the law? So what happens when the Gentile, the pagan, the uncircumcised purchases the law? Well, Paul answers that as well. It is counted with him as being circumcised. But here's the thing. An unconverted pagan Gentile wouldn't do these unless he's saved. When that happens, he will be counted as a Jew, God's chosen one. And Galatians 3, 7 says, Therefore, be sure that it is those who are of faith who are sons of Abraham. Paul will use Abraham in Romans 4 when we get into justification and all comes with it. We inherited that blessing that was promised to Abraham on the guilt. While our enthesizine in, in, I can't say that word, I'm sorry. While our race, let me put it that way, 
may still be Native American, African, German, etc., are view in God's eyes just the same as Abraham and more importantly seen as his son Jesus Christ. That can only happen if you, if you put your faith and trust in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. This is what we call faith. What is faith? Faith is throughout the scriptures. Faith is the trustful human response to God's self-relation via his words and his actions. How do one get faith? Well, there are two ways. One, from God, John 6, 24, or two, from hearing the word of God, 10 Romans 10, 17. Both are special revelation. I said in one podcast that God didn't write the book of life with a pencil, but with a pen. Let me address something real quick. I leave one of the most quoted texts on, on faith in 2 Corinthians 5, 7. It's a short and powerful verse. For we walk by faith and not by sight. This brings out the term blind faith. People say it all the time, hey, just have faith. Well, we just saw that faith is a reaction to God's action. Paul never meant for us just to have faith, but to know what and why we believe. Great heroes of the faith, inside and outside of the Bible, have dedicated their lives to the Bible. If you are not a student of the Word, I would sincerely question if you are truly saved. It starts and ends with the Bible, and in between, you may want to get some apologetics books, a Bible dictionary, definitely commentaries, maybe Logos, Esau, or Accordance Bible software. Maybe Accordance, some church history books would help as well. There's a ton of free Bible stuff on the internet, like Blue Letter Bible, Blue Letter Bible, Literal Word, Enduring Word, and so on. Maybe if you are called to be a pastor, or if you just want to go to a Bible college or seminary to get your degree or some, offer one year Bible certificates. All knowledge of the Bible should produce a love for the Bible. This is the only, is the only place that we shouldn't be content in, our knowledge of God seen throughout the scriptures. Another tool that is free and helpful are the, all the free sermons online. Some others too is MacArthur, Lawson, Begg, Piper, and many others. Also, another way to help you grow is through church. Not just on Sunday mornings, but Sunday night, small groups, or Wednesday night Bible study. Don't be embarrassed to ask those questions. Another resource for you is your local pastor. Have lunch with him. Be in his office. Get to know him and his theology. And y'all can discuss that. Discuss that. Okay, rant over. There are no mistakes in heaven. Dr. C. Lawson said it best. The faith that gives you is a persevering faith. A believer may stumble and fall, but will never fall from Christ. No true believer will ever become an unbeliever. In other words, if you could lose your salvation, you would. You can never outsend God's grace. I talk about persevering faith, or in other words, once saved, always saved already. Go back to Romans 117. I believe I believe if you want to refresh your memory on, on those. Also an old perk is those who are Gentiles get to judge the Jews who don't use the law properly. I'll be honest. I'm not sure if, the, if I need that text right, but from the looks of it, we will. I mean, we'll get to judge angels, 1 Corinthians 6.3, so it's a possibility. But call goes back to the overarching theme, the judgment of God. We saw earlier that the Jews received both in grace and judgment first, because they knew God first. Point three, the true circumcised. For he is not a Jew who is one outwardly, but is, nor is not circumcision that which is outward in the flesh. But he is a Jew who is one is inwardly, and circumcision is that which of the heart, by the spirit, not by the letter. And his praise is not from man, but from God. Here's the climax of this section. But instead of judgment, like the last couple of times, now we see a reward. What is the reward? Praise from God. Which is unique because we are the ones who give praise to God. 
This could be like the, like the crowns we get in heaven for the work we did. Once we see our crowns, we will immediately give it back to Christ. Those two verses show that it doesn't matter if you're circumcised physically, but if you are spiritually from the heart. We saw some verses that show that already. It doesn't matter if you do uphold the entire law and are circumcised and Jewish and Jewish. None of that matters if you are not born again. This is what Paul is trying to say to those stubborn Jews. That heaven is only granted to those who trust in the one who came down from heaven. John 6, 38. We saw in Galatians 3 that those who have faith in God are Abraham's sons. And when we get to heaven, and we get to Romans 11, my bad, in a couple of years, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see about that. We'll see that one, God isn't done with Israel. And two, that it was God's plan to graft the Gentiles in. God is the only one who can cut the heart open before the necessary surgery, and he does it with his sword. Acts 2 37, Hebrews 4 12. We know that God sees our hearts, 1 Samuel 6 16, searches our hearts, Romans 8 27. So we can have nothing from God, Luke 12 2 3. He sees our secrets, Matthew 6 6, and one day those secrets will be revealed, Romans 2 16. You may fool your parents, spouse, kids, co workers, pastor, etc., but not God. God hates both the sin and the sinner. Psalm 5, 5-6, and hypocrisy is a sin. So severest punishment awaits the hypocrite. Hypocrisy isn't just someone who says they are a Christian, but struggles with a specific sin. That's just part of the fight we have on earth. A hypocrite is someone who says a certain sin is wrong, and then purposely tr- practices it when no one is around. For example, if I get onto a youth for being drunk at a party, then turn around and begin drunk on purpose. That is a hypocrite. Or as James puts it, a double-minded man, James 1-8. But there is hope for the hypocrite, Jesus Christ. He came for the sinner, and there is no condemnation with Christ. The law condemns the sinner. Christ condemns the sin. That's the difference, as MacArthur said in a sermon on Romans 8. Repent and believe in the gospel, my friends, then share it. And that is Romans 2. Only 14 more chapters, Leo. <laughs> that was intense for me. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, next time, we're going to... Uh, I'm going to take me a little, take a little break from Romans. I got some other messages that I, I preached that for my youth. Uh, just different messages. Uh, why I study Romans 3 and on. But, um, yeah. If you know your Bible, it's going to get messy. But luckily, I got my gloves on. So tell them, be safe. Love Christ. Love others. I'm James Knapp. This was Truth For You. <laughs>